This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 9, we're going to be uh, spending quite a bit of time in uh, Mark chapter 9. And this is a passage that that uh, I touched on during the family life teachings and and um, you know, there's some there's some passages that 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 uh, that you touch and they touch you back. And this 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 particular passage it just happened to um, to, to speak in, in so on so many levels uh, with respect to what what is it what does it mean to believe? And so, if you need a title for your notes tonight, we're going to be talking about the truth about believing. The truth about believing. And, and again, I'm not looking to be Exhaustive in any manner. What I want to do is I want to read from the Word of God, and I want you to see how, in this particular situation, where, where Jesus is, is ministering to this father, where he's ministering to this family, the, how, how he uncovers and how he reveals some truths about believing. And so, primarily, what am I objective? Is I, I want to offer words of encouragement. This is a message where I'm offering words of encouragement to the body of Christ. I'm offering words of encouragement to this church in particular. Also words of encouragement to our pastor, Pastor Hill. I want, I want you to be, be encouraged in your believing. And we're going to provide biblical, but also relevant, a relevant and biblical example to give us a greater understanding of what it means to believe. We're going to see in the scriptures that, that our believing, that it's not directed at any dead thing. Our believing is not directed at any dead thing, but it's directed at the living. What do you mean by dead things? Our, our believing is not directed at things and stuff. As, as a transformational ministry, our believing is not directed at any building. It's not directed at any attendance number. Our believing is not directed at any dead thing, but it's directed at the living. We're going to see in the scriptures that, that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That our believing is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. That in fact that Jesus, he is, he is the promise. That Jesus is the promise that forms the basis for our belief. This is just what I want you to see in the scriptures that we're going to read tonight. We're going to see in the scriptures that, that we believe that his purpose will be accomplished in men. And we're going to, we're going to dig into that. Not, not that his purpose might be accomplished in men. Not that his purpose can be accomplished in men. But that his purpose will be accomplished in men. And I believe that this teaching is especially relevant for this ministry because the, the essential call of this ministry is the restoration of this generation. And so there, there are six things that you're going to pick up. And I want to give you these six things at the beginning so that you can order your notes. And I want you to, to kind of pull away from just writing, writing, writing and just begin to listen. Because as you listen, you're going to hear things that God is saying to you specifically. So listen, if you want to write, get your pens out. This is your time to write. So we're going to talk about, number one, that believing is based on the Word of God. Believing is based on the Word of God. Number two, one thing that you need to understand about believing, the real truth about believing, is that those that do not believe, they will criticize. There's going to be haters out there. Those that do not believe, they will criticize. Listen, we're talking about the real truth about believing, the truth about believing. One thing that you have to know about believing is that you're gonna, you are going to have to speak up. God is calling in this season, in this time, for you to open up your mouth. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to stand apart from the mainstream and from the crowd. You're going to have to be marked. People are going to know what it is that you believe. 
and that what you believe is not necessarily what they believe. You're going to have to be different from the mainstream. Number four, listen, if you really want to know the truth about believing, and I know it may be hard for some of you all that that are so used to, to pleasing people, is that the truth about believing is that you're not going to appease your critics. In believing, your believing is not to make friends with the world. Your believing is not to say, well, look, I've given you this truth. I've given you this great revelation. Then let's all come together in a hug. No. No, you're not going to appease your critics. Listen, if you really want to know the truth about believing, you need to know that, that, that believing, it's not a one-time event. It's not something that you just did that one time. And now it's good forever. No, it's not a one-time event. We're going to talk about that it's, a, it's ongoing, that it's a, a profession. It's a profession. It's, 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 it's what you have to put to work. And the last thing, again, this is not an exhaustive understanding on believing, but this is what this, these scriptures were speaking as I was reading and studying, is that believing continues until the end. Believing continues until the end. Amen? So go to Mark chapter 9. We're going to start with verse 14. Let me just kind of give you some some settings of of what's happening in Mark chapter 9. So Jesus is, is, is ministering and he's pulled away from the people. And he's gone up into a high place, a, a mountainous place. And, and it is there that, that Jesus actually, that, that as, he's, as, he's, as he's communing with the Father, that the, the three disciples that he brought with him, Peter, James, and John, they, they begin to see that, that Jesus is that, it's, it's like, I don't know what kind of communication this is, but Jesus begins to, to change. The, the, the atmosphere around him begins to change. And it's almost as though they are taking from the natural into the spiritual. Because Jesus is actually transfigured. And next to, and next to Jesus, they see someone, they see a figure that, that to them, they can only imagine that, it, that it, it appears to be Moses, the one that gave the law. And, 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 and on the other side of Jesus, they see Elijah, the prophet. And, and in this, you know, Peter comes forth and he says, you know, let's, let's, let's build three, three booths. It's good for us to be here. Let's, let's build three booths. One for, one for you, Master. One for Moses. And one for Elias or Elijah. And then the cloud overshadows them and a voice cries out and says, This is my beloved son. Hear him. This is, this is my beloved son. And, and it's almost, if you want to just really get an understanding of what that means, this is my beloved son, hear him, just understand that there's an immediacy to that command. That this is now the time for the son. Now, now my son has opened up a new dispensation. There, there was a time when the law was given. There was a time when prophecies were given and promises were given, but now is the time for fulfillment. Now is the time of the Son. And your response to this time is to hear. Open up your ears. Open up your hearts to receive what the Son is saying. It, it, it's, it's as though the Lord himself is saying that if, if, you, if, you, if you stick and, and, and get stuck on the law and the forms. That you're going to miss what I'm doing right now. That if you get stuck on what the promises were, that you're going to miss what I'm doing right now in the midst of you. You're looking for something that's going to come in the future, but now is the time 
when hearts are being changed, when lives are being changed, hear him. And then as we get down to verse 14, you know, one thing that I like to do is I like to, to talk about my notes around the house and with my wife. Um, she, she's a she's a outstanding woman of God, and she she just to just to hear myself say it to her and to hear her reaction to it, it uh, it, it it helps me to stay grounded, to bridge this message so it can reach all of you. But I said, you know, in, in verse fourteen it says, and, and and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and describes. Questioning with them. So here Jesus is. He's been on the mountain communing with the Father. And, and he's had the, 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 the law and the promises. And he's been transfigured, and his disciples saw this wonderful, this wonderful sight. But I said, you know what, babe? Even when you're on the mountaintop, just know that there's some people that want to drag you down into the gutter. You better believe that. You better believe that even when you're on the mountaintop, there are people that want to drag you into the gutter. And so when, when Jesus, when he came, he sees his disciples and he sees that there's a great multitude around them. And he sees that the scribes are questioning his disciples. And Jesus immediately, he goes and he begins to, to confront the scribes. He asks them, why, 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 are you, why are you questioning my disciples? Why are you questioning my disciples? So the first thing that I want you to know is that, is that our believing, that it's based on the word of God. Our believing, it's based on the word of God. Our hope is in his promises. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke 4, starting with verse 18. We'll just jump up to verse 17 just to set the context. This is Jesus, and he's in a synagogue, that's what's his custom. And they bring to him, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias, or Isaiah. And when he opened up the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all the men that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Jesus is saying that, listen, there, there, have been, there have been times of promises where the Lord says that, that he was going to pour out his spirit and declare the gospel to the poor, that he was going to heal the brokenhearted, that he was going to deliver captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those that have been imprisoned, those that have been bruised. That there will come an acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus says, now is the time. In, in Christ, he is our hope. Jesus, he is the promise. And so our hope is in his promise. Our hope is that in Jesus Christ, that there is healing. In Jesus Christ, there is deliverance. In Jesus Christ there is restoration and that there is liberty. That in Jesus Christ now the time has come. Where before we were not able, where before we were restrained, but now it's the acceptable year of the Lord.
Listen, one thing that you need to understand as Jesus speaks with the scribes and he asks them, why, why are you questioning my disciples? Point number two is that, is that those that do not believe that they will criticize. Those that do not believe they will criticize. Now, it, it hasn't quite, we haven't gotten to the point where, where, where the, 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 the issue at hand has been brought up. But just know that here Jesus is, that he's come from the mountaintop. He's come from communing with God. And he, so, so if you can just imagine, he comes back to the people on his purpose to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring restoration and recovery, to set at liberty those that are captive. And what does he encounter but a bunch of foolishness? He encounters the Pharisees. He encounters the scribes, excuse me. Now, these scribes, they're not able to help the Father or the Son, as we'll see as we read these scriptures. They themselves are not able to provide any help to what is needed. But they are more than ready to criticize the disciples that try to help. One thing that you need to believe, one thing that you need to know the truth about believing is that there will be those that they can't offer any benefit themselves. They can't offer any benefit themselves, but they are more than willing to stand in the way to block the path of those that are trying to get help. There are those that are more than willing, even though they can't, they know that they can't. They know that they don't have the power. They don't have the ability to help. But they're more than willing to be a hindrance, to be a distraction. Verse 15 in Mark chapter 9, And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed. And running to him, they saluted him. Verse 16, And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? Why, why are you questioning my disciples? And what I love about this is that he's, he's asking the, the scribes, he says, why are you questioning my disciples? But in verse 17, he says, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. So listen, The truth that you need to know about believing is that you're going to have to speak up. One of the multitude says, listen, I don't know about this other foolishness that's going on. I don't care about these other distractions that are happening. But I'm going to let you know that I have a need. I'm going to let you know, Master, that I have a need. I'm not going to let these people make me to be ashamed. I'm not going to let these people and these critics cause me to hide. I'm going to stand up and be counted. This is the, the, the truth about believing is that you're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to stand up and be counted. You're going to have to be marked as one that is different than the multitude. You know what? They may have seen you and looked at your skin color and looked at your age and looked at your education and they may have thought one thing about you. But when you begin to utter the word of God, they need to know that you're not like the rest. Listen, they thought they had a, 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 a collar on you because they gave you a position. They thought they had a collar on you because they gave you a title. Because they gave you a piece of paper that said you had a certain degree. But you need to speak up and let them know that thus saith the word of the Lord. And stand apart from the multitude. That's the truth about believing. But I love about this 
It's something that really spoke to me. This, this is one of the things that gripped me about this passage of Scripture. Is that this father, he's speaking up. And he says, I brought to you my son. I brought to you someone that's valuable to me. I brought to you someone that's precious to me. And he says that, which have a dumb spirit. He says, listen, my son can't speak for himself. He can't represent himself. He's not in a position where he could call for your help himself. And so I, I, I brought him to you, Lord, because I believe. You're going to have to speak up, not just for yourself. You're going to have to speak up for others. You're going to have to speak up for those that cannot speak up for themselves. For those that have been beaten down so much that they believe the label that people have put on them. That have been called out of their name so much that they call themselves that same thing. And they think that it's a badge of honor. You're going to have to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. This is the truth about believing. Let's keep reading at verse 18. And, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. This is the, he's talking about this, this spirit that has a hold of his son. And he foameth and gnasheth his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. And they could not. Verse 19. He answered him and said, This is Jesus. And he's given an answer. He says, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Listen, as I was reading in the commentaries, and I'm so so thankful that, that our founding pastor, he established ministry classes to teach us how to dig into the Word of God. How to go past what the commentaries are saying. How to find consistency and, and coherence throughout the Scripture. Because Scripture explains itself. Because when I first saw this thing and I said, oh, faithless generation, is, is Jesus telling his father that he has no faith? But then I realized in, in the other scriptures, in, in Matthew chapter 16, go there. Go to Matthew chapter 16. It says, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempted, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. It seems like the, the, the same kind of crowd, the same, the same group of thugs. And this is Jesus, how he answered them at that time. He said, He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the time? He says you can, you can discern these natural things, but can you not see? The acceptable year of the Lord. And he says in verse 4, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. He's saying that, that, that a wicked generation looks after a sign. A wicked and adulterous generation looks after a sign. And the only sign that they're going to get is Jesus Christ. The only sign that they're going to get is Jesus Christ Himself. His death, His burial, and His resurrection on the third day. Just as Jonah went into the belly of the big fish and came out three days later, 
Jesus is giving them a foreshadowing in the manner in which he would die and be resurrected. He says, this is the sign that you're going to get. And so when Jesus talks to these people, he's speaking to those scribes that came with their questions and their harassments. I, I, I likened it to, if you can imagine that, that you know, many of you have, have children or you've had children that have been in the school system, that you get called up to the school and you walk into the office of the school and immediately you, you, you meet the vice principal and they, and they start telling you about, about uh, uh, spirit t-shirts. And you meet with, uh, with some counselors and they start telling you about some other events and some PTA activities and some other things that, that you could get involved with and that could be happening. I mean, I don't know if you know it or not, but you can't just walk into the schools. You have to go through these checkpoints. Imagine Jesus is coming down from the mountain. He has to go through these checkpoints with people asking him and, 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 and presenting with him with this foolishness. And what if when you went to the school and you, and you got past the vice principal about, about the spirit teachers and you got past the counselors about the, the PTA meetings, you found out that your child was in a nurse's office because they were sick. What feelings, what attitude would you have to those administrators that blocked your way? We know that Jesus came to heal. He came to set at liberty. He came to restore. And as soon as he comes from the mountain, he's greeted with foolishness. And not just foolishness of any kind, but these people are obstructing the way. They're blocking the way of someone that's really hurting, someone that needs help. And so if you can just imagine that as he's telling them, he says, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? He says, I can't, I can't believe you, you blocked the way. I can't believe you blocked the path. This, this man needs help. This, this, this young man needs help. Listen. Point number four. Something that you need to know about believing. Something that you need to know about believing is that you're not going to be able to appease your critics. You are not going to be able to appease your critics. There are some people that, that, that they want to see you fail so bad that they will stand in the way of others that you could help. And, and it doesn't matter that, that, you've, that you've helped others. It doesn't matter that you have a track record, that, that your ministry has been found faithful. There, there, there's going to be those that will always bring up the gender issue with our pastor. When we've already addressed it. Listen, there are going to be those that, that bring up the location of our ministry when we've already addressed it. There are those that will always find something. They will always find something. And it doesn't matter if you're in a cathedral. If all the pulpit has gray hair, there's always going to be someone that finds something. and some reason to criticize. So we're not even trying Listen, we're not even trying to fake in front. We're being 100% with you tonight. Because we know that we cannot appease the critics. We know that we can't appease the critics. That's the, we, we, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His promises. That we're not trying to, we're not trying to win the favor of men. This is the truth about believing that you cannot hope to win the favor of men. Back in Mark chapter 9. Verse 20 it says, And they, and they brought him, they, they bring the young man to Jesus. And when he saw him, straight away the spirit tear him. 
And he fell on the ground, wallowing, wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came upon him? And the father says, It's been this way since he was a child. And he said, Of a child. Jesus is saying, How long is it ago since this came upon him? And, and I want, when I look at the scripture and I look at this, 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 this term, how long? How long? And I look at it in verse 19 where it says, how long? I know that Jesus is not just talking about chronology, but he's talking about a time of opportunity. A season of opportunity. And so he's asking his father, how long? Not just how long has it been going on chronologically. Not, not how many years, how many days. He's asking the Father, I see what you have to deal with. I see what you have to, what you've had to sacrifice your life for. He says, how long have you had to deal with this? How long have you carried this burden? How long have you had this weighing on you? How long have you borne this weight? Too often we consider the people in our lives that are not able to speak for themselves. Those, those that are not able to approach the Lord. And we say, it's, it's, it's been so long. And the Lord is asking, he says, well, how long? How long have you been carrying this burden? How long have you been carrying this weight? How long have you been shouldering this and trying to do it all on your own? How long? Just know that when Jesus says how long, that he's, he's giving you a clue. Now is the season of change. Now is a season of opportunity. Now is a time when what couldn't be done before, now it can be done. How long? One thing that you need to know about the truth, the real truth about believing is that believing is not a one-time event. It's not a one-time event, but it is an ongoing profession. What does that mean? That it's, 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 it's on, you have to take it on as your work. And I like that word profession because it means that, that don't take it on like you're an amateur, like you're doing it part-time. No, believing is a full-time thing. Have you ever seen an amateur do something and then you see a pro come behind them? At the excellence that they're able to bring to that? Believing it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing profession. Listen, you're going to learn new information. You're going to face new challenges. But you must hold fast to your belief. I can, I can only imagine his father was like, look, this, this child, I'm not, I can't give up on him. He's too valuable to me. I can't just leave him to the wayside. I can't leave him to his own devices. Lord, I know you have a purpose for him. Lord, I know you have a plan for his life. I can't let him go. When I look at the uh, at the next gen and, and those that are that are that are rising up to to what God has called them to, I, I hear in their voices the echoes of their parents, the echoes of those in this ministry that have prayed and prayed and says that they're just too valuable for us. We can't let them go. What God's purpose and His desire for their lives is just too great. 
It doesn't matter what happened in middle school. It doesn't matter what happened in high school. It doesn't matter that they dropped out of college. What God has planned for them is too great. Listen, this restoration thing, it's not a one-time event. It's not a seasonal catchphrase. It's our profession. And we are skilled at it. There's a difference between seeing an amateur and seeing a professional at work. You know, an amateur just drops off a track and then goes on their way. An amateur is okay that you just said the prayer. But we're, we're, we're professionals here. Our, our pastor, Pastor Alba Hill, she's made us into professionals. We stick with you. We follow up. We call on you. We pray with you. We give you the word until you think that you can't take any more. And then we give you some more. We give you the opportunity to express your faith. And when we gave you the opportunity and get chickened out and get backed out at the last minute, we build you up again and we give you another opportunity because we're professionals. Restoration is our profession. We're not amateurs at this thing. We're not trying to churn through numbers and churn through numbers and say as long as we get enough you know, in, in, in the door, then, then it doesn't matter if some fall away, that we'll still have what we need at the end. No, we're professionals. We want all of you. We want every single last one. We're laboring with you. Listen, believing, this is the truth about believing. It's not a one-time event. It's an ongoing profession. Mark chapter 9, verse 22. This is the Father. He's talking. He's talking about what he's had to, to the burden that he's had to bear. He says, in all times, this, he's talking about the spirit that's on his son. It casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. We know in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that the enemy comes to destroy. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We know that the enemy is coming, that he's, his aim is to destroy He's not, he's not just playing with our children. He wants to destroy them. He's not just trying to distract and waylay this generation. He wants to destroy them. And so the Father, he says to Jesus, finishing verse 22, he says, But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He says, if, if, if you can do anything, if you, if you can do anything, listen, I'm, I, I'm carrying this. I, I've been carrying it this long. I'm going to carry it some more. But if you can do anything to help, if there's anything that you can do, This is what you need to know about your believing. Point number six. Your believing must continue until the end. Your believing must continue until the end. Listen, the commentaries, they, 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 they criticize the, the, the Father. They, they fault the Father because He says... Jesus, if you can. Jesus, if you can. Listen, the Father, all these years, He's been with this, with this Son. I can, I can only imagine. It says that the Spirit comes upon Him and it, 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 it casts Him into the water. It calls Him into the fires. The, here, here this Father is. He's had, to, he's had to recover His Son 
from drowning. He's had to recover his son from flames. If you can imagine, he's had to, to, to bandage up those wounds. To heal and set and mend broken bones. He hadn't walked away from his son yet. He hadn't walked away from his son yet. In, in your believing, you're going to have to recover those that have put themselves in horrible situations where they've cast themselves into the waters, where they've cast themselves into the flames. And it's not for us to say, well, look at you now. No, we, we recover and bandage up those wounds. We help those bones to mend. Because our, our believing is that the Lord's purpose will be accomplished. Our belief is that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. That listen, they, now is the time, the time is open for recovery to happen, for healing to happen, for restoration to happen. We're believing this. We're believing this. Your believing has to continue until the, you have to believe even when you don't know how to believe. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Just reading the verse 5, it says that if any of you, if any of you believers, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. It says, if, if, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God. If you're lacking wisdom, ask God. Listen, because you don't know, that, that doesn't mean that you stop the work. You continue, you continue with the work. What is the work? The work is your interaction, putting your hands on people. in order to bring them into God's desire. You continue with the work. Ask God for wisdom. Jesus, he turns the, the, the Father's request, he turns it back on him. The Father says, if, if, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Here's the help. Here's the help. Jesus says to him, if, if you can, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. And what I love is that the Father, he doesn't argue with Jesus. He doesn't tell him about the time last week when a boy was in the fire and he had to pull him out of the fire. He doesn't tell Jesus about when a boy was in the, in, in, had thrown, thrown himself into a lake and he had to recover him from the waters. He says, straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. The father says, Lord, I put my hands to the work. I've done all that I know to do. I've exerted the strength that I have and I've gone as far as I think I can go. But I need your help because I'm not at the end. I've done what I need to do, but I need your help because we're not at the point of change. I just love it. See, see, you're going to have to understand that, you know, you may have thought that when they turned 18 that they were ready to go. But you're going to have to put in more. It says, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to get to the end. 
You thought when you got him out of college that that was all you needed to do. And you find out that no, there's more. That there's more. He says, Lord, I almost went broke putting him through school. Help my unbelief. Help me to keep on until we get to the end. Your believing, it continues until the end. It continues until the end. Go to Romans chapter 8. I'm just going to go there, verse 24. Write it in your notes. It says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen, it's not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? For if we hope for what we see not, then we with patience, with patience, steady working, that we wait for it, that we wait for it. That in our believing, we, we believe because what we are looking for is not yet present. If they were where they needed to be, you wouldn't need to believe. And just know that just because you think that they're where they need to be, they're not where they need to be. You need to continue to believe. You parents with, with the good children... Just know that they're, they're not where they need to be. You need to continue to believe. What does that mean? You need to continue to put that work in. Keep your hands on them. Keep that interaction. Showing them the way of the Lord. With patience. With patience. Wait for it. You're going to have to hold Fast. When it looks like everything is out of control and you don't know what's what. Sometimes all you can do is just hold fast. Just hold on to what you believe. Hold on. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. Just going to go there. It says... Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised Jesus is the promise. We're going to have to hold fast. We're going to have to hold fast to the profession of our faith. We're going to have to put that faith to work without wavering, knowing that, that He is faithful. Knowing that He is faithful. Go to First Peter. We'll just go there. Chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. What I want you to know, and this, this is all under the, the sixth the six point, where that your believing continues until the end. Know that we are saved by hope. Know that we must hold fast. Also know this. Also know this in believing until the end. Is that grace is at work in you. Grace is at work in you. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10 it says, But the God of all grace, who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, after you've borne those burdens for a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, that the Lord will make you complete. 
that He will establish you. When you thought that your feet were going to slip, He is your fortress. He is your strong tower. That He will strengthen you when it looks like you're at the end of your strength. The Lord will strengthen you. His grace is at work in you and settle you. He's going to remove those doubts. He's going to remove that anxiety that has you tossing and turning, wondering, Lord, are you going to work it out? He's already worked it out. Go back to Mark chapter 9. This is where I'm going to leave you all on tonight. I hope that you have been encouraged in understanding the truth about believing. Mark chapter 9. The Father, he cries, he says, help my unbelief. Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. I just love when Jesus heals, he makes sure all the bases are covered. He says, come out and don't enter anymore. And the spirit cried and rent him sore. And came out of him, and he was as one dead, inasmuch that many said he is dead. But don't you know when we are without strength, that he is our strength. Verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And, we, when, and when he was coming to the house, this is now Jesus. And I can only imagine that the, that the father and his son, that they... That they've, that they've moved on about their business. And here Jesus is, he's with his disciples, and they have questions in their minds. Because they're saying, Lord, we, we believe also. Why were our prayers not effective? And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we cast him out? Then he said unto them, Jesus is talking, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Just know that the, God's grace is working in you, but God's grace is also working through you. A lot of commentators, they had, they had some concerns about, well, what does this mean by, by prayer and fasting? Does it mean that, that his disciples didn't have a fasted life? Does it mean that they were not prayerful? No, what it means is that this kind could only come out based on what the Father's work had already been. This kind, this, this change could only have happened because of the years that that Father had put in. Day after day after day. Challenge after challenge after challenge. Surprise after upset not caring about anybody else, but believing that his son was valuable. He was valuable to him and he was also valuable to the kingdom of God. One thing that you know about fasting, that you know about prayer, it's not a one-time event. It's a continuous event. He says, this kind comes out because his father's hand was on him. And when he got all the way to where he thought he couldn't get any further. The Holy Spirit helped him get that last bit. And the change came. And the change came. Many of you, you've been working, you've been working, and you've been working. You don't know. You are this far away from what God has promised you. You've been struggling and you've been trying. And you've been crying the whole time. But don't you know that if you would just go a little further, if you would trust in the Lord and what He's doing, 
that you'll have your breakthrough. So listen, he says, this, this kind comes down only by prayer and fasting. This comes by, by constant attention. This comes by true believing. Because now this, this, this I love our, our deacons, they, they were talking about how they were able to help a gentleman with his family and his family's need. And a gentleman was concerned that they thought that he might be scamming them. And so just to, the recap is that, is that he offered to, to prove to the deacons that, that he did have a family that was in need by, by putting his family on display. And the deacons said, no, that's, that's not even necessary. And they went their way and said, and, 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 and one said to the other, let, let, let that man be the provider for his house or something to that effect. Let, let, let his family know that God is able to provide. Not, not from some, some, some random people that happen to come by, but, but because, listen, this, this man trusted enough to go to the house of God, saying, I'm going to put everything on the line. I've done what I can do. And I'm going to believe and trust that God can make up the difference. So that when he went back to his family, his testimony was like, God made up the difference. Now his family's not looking for men to provide, but they're saying God makes up the difference. When I couldn't go any further, when my strength was at its limit, God made up the difference. As you look at the, consider the truth about believing, just know. One thing I love about this is that this, this believing, this, this father, he was not believing for his own benefit. But he was believing for his son, who he considered to be most valuable. Who he said, surely the kingdom can, have, can find value in this child. And he put himself out there all, all those years. Pastor, as you consider your labor in this ministry, as you consider the prayers that go forth for this generation and the restoration of this generation, this generation, they're asking for things and stuff that they don't even need. They're, they're looking for breakthroughs in opportunities that should not even be opportunities. Pastor, just know that as you cried out to the Lord, that we are crying also. As you've put your hand to the ministry, that our hands are there as well. That we are putting in the work, interacting with, impacting this generation. Because we know that the Lord's will shall be accomplished. Shall be accomplished. Your believing will have its greatest value as you are believing for those that can't believe for themselves. Your words will have their greatest value as you speak for those that don't know what to ask for. And can't even speak for themselves. As you stand in the gap. As you are an intercessor. As you stand as one that is willing. To continue on. To continue on. And to continue on. Until God's purpose. Is accomplished. Amen. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.